Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z and we got a great show for you. We're saying goodbye to the goat. We are talking about the field being set in the Super Bowl, but we still got a week to go before that. And DJ Jamaican Lion of 101 won the fan is joining us this evening to talk about not just the Giants and Tom Brady, but also a little preview of the Super Bowl halftime show, too. But we got to start with the serious news, the heavy news that came out in the past couple days. Like This was a very busy, busy 24 hours. Former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores is suing the NFL and three of its member teams. So the Miami Dolphins, the Denver Broncos, and the Giants. Alleging discrimination regarding his interview processes. And this is a class action lawsuit, so other coaches can join in on the mix. A 58-page lawsuit filed in Manhattan's federal court has illustrated you know, a little bit of the underbelly of the process where Coach Bill Belichick somehow had figured out or was told already three days before Brian Flores was scheduled to interview with the Giants that they had already picked head coach Brian Dayball, now head coach Brian Dayball, but they were still holding interviews. Interesting. Very. He also alleged in 2019 that Flores' meeting with John Elway was very interesting because Elway showed up hungover and disheveled to this meeting and really didn't seem interested in being there. So there's one. But one of the most salacious things that came out of this and is something that speaks to the competitive balance of the game. Brian Flores, coach Brian Flores, alleged that owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, offered $100,000 for every loss in the 2019 season. That is huge if true. And to me, that is something that is damning. If proven true, Stephen Ross needs to get get Donald Sterling. He needs to go immediately. And Hugh Jackson, the former coach of the Cleveland Browns, he's stepping to the plate and he's backing up what Brian Flores says by kind of intimating, actually not kind of, completely intimating that owner of the Browns, Jimmy Haslam, also incentivized 
Hugh Jackson losing for his club. We know, and we've discussed last week, that the the racial tension and the racial divide in the NFL could not be bigger. There is a huge glass ceiling when it comes to African-American coaches and African-American middle management. There are the exceptions to the rule. You have Chris Greer. You have the new GM Mensa of the Vikings. You have Mike Tomlin. And then everybody else kind of seems to be at that middle manager coordinator level. And it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. But kudos to Coach Flores for coming out. And it's extremely risky. As I mentioned in the production meeting, like my first like knee-jerk gut reaction is he's blackballed. He's done. But if he is making the stand at the expense of himself in order to get improved hiring processes and getting more diversity and more inclusion, then it's probably a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice that is, you know, very well-intentioned and will be looked upon favorably in the future. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Flight crew through and through. The last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Hey, yeah. News is, uh, it's crazy. It's really, uh, and it keeps, you know, the story keeps going on and on. And it seems like Brian has a really good head on his shoulders. He spoke with his lawyers. He understands, you know, the ramifications of the case and the ramifications of his career going forward. He doesn't care. It's more about putting it out there what African-American and minority coaches are going through when they try to interview for a head coaching job or a front office job in the National Football League. And you know, everyone on the radio today and everyone at ESPN is, is kind of, you know, kind of mouthing the same thing. It's kind of hard to push somebody to hire a certain person or to look at a certain person. And I and I'm, I'm, I think what Brian's trying to fight for, or Coach Flores is trying to fight for, is just a fair playing ground. Him walking into an interview when Coach Dayball's already been hired, that's unnecessary. The fact that there is even a Rooney rule is kind of ridiculous. And when you think about it, it's like, hey, you know, we have to, we have to uh, interview minority coaches, at least two to three guys. Okay. I mean, the fact that you have to put that rule in play just gives you the nature of, of what you're dealing with. Um, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how the end result is. But when you're peeling back these layers, I think the biggest thing is, is like we talked about in the production meeting, is if Stephen Ross really came to him and was going to pay him to lose, that's a problem. That's almost like fixing a game, right? And the same thing goes for Hugh Jack, who, uh, Hugh Jackson, who's coming out now and saying, hey, you know, Haslam paid me to lose. Well, dude, you lost more than anybody, so you probably <laughs> made a lot of money from doing that. Now, does he get does he get kicked out of the league for good for losing those games and getting paid to lose those games? There's a lot of questions here, and the worst part is, is you know, now you're pushing gambling. 
you're pushing people to gamble legally on on football but this is almost illegal in nature where you're it's almost like you're fixing the game and the whole thing is is you know everybody tanks let's be real right you know teams tank they do but they don't talk about it they don't say hey we're going to go into this and try to lose the game it's kind of unspoken i mean look at what happened in houston this year they didn't even let their best player play can that be considered tanking they hired a coach for one season a minority and fired him he never even got to you know use his best player he never really even had a chance how fair is that so you know it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting case i'm i'm interested to see where it goes it is it's gonna be a very interesting case and we're going to see Pandora's box open because it's going into the courts and all of the tea is going to get spilled. You know, Brian Flores made a lot of allegations here. He's got the evidence to back it up and it's it is going to be interesting to see how the NFL counters this because Either they admit that they really don't give a shit about race relations. They issue a faux apology. They, they don't have many plays in their playbook here, so to speak. Or, I mean, they can fight it like they've been half-assed fighting it, saying that diversity is so important to them. And diversity is crucial. Now, there's one. Count them. One. You got one hand, you got one finger, you can count how many NFL head coaches are African American. The workforce, the labor force of the NFL, the players, 70 plus percent African American. Where is the equity in that? It's not there. So the NFL has a lot of splaining to do. They have a lot of to they have a lot to account for because now Brian Flores used the term plantation mentality and that definitely has a vivid connotation when you use that kind of language if especially if you're a student of history and it's very hard to kind of it's hard to dissociate And it's hard to, you know, kind of disagree with that kind of statement. But we are definitely going to see... Well, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to see a lot more coming out of this. And I guarantee there are going to be more coaches. If this does reach class action status, other coaches will be in on this as well. And... It's it's not going to end well for the NFL in terms of public image. Now, even if Brian Flores never coaches another game, he is on another level. Like it was very brave of him to do this. It was ballsy. He's sacrificing his livelihood. He's sacrificing his dream. Right, He dreamt of being an NFL head coach. And now, that might end up being a dream. But kudos to him for taking a stand. 
it's a stand that needs to be taken and hopefully something comes out of this where the NFL improves itself. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too, at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. SweetLifeBrownieCo, because there's always room for a brownie. And while this is going on, we have our Super Bowl field finally set. The Cincinnati Bengals, you know, the team that was in last place last year, beat the defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead to move on to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs were up big in the first half, 21-3, and managed only three points the rest of the game. The Chiefs squandered a goal to go at the end of the half and at halftime. Tyreek Hill, running parallel, did not make it to the end zone. Despite getting the ball first after halftime, the Bengals got a stop, ultimately kicked the game-winning field goal. In this, Is this on Mahomes? Is this on Andy Reid? Like, is this on Eric Bieni? Who is this on? Who is this on? You know, I, I did not get a chance to look at the tape yet, but in live time... It felt like Patrick Mahomes had the yips, especially in the second half. He seemed scared to throw the ball downfield. Maybe it was because the Bengals were dropping eight players into coverage, and he didn't really trust his reads. But goal to goal at the goal to go at the end of the first half ends in no points, and goal to go at the end of the at the end of the fourth quarter results in a field goal. Tyreek Hill has 78 yards and one touchdown in the first half, and then he shut out the rest of the game. The Bengals lost to the Jets during the regular season. You can let the Bengals come. You can't let the Bengals come into your house and beat you in an AFC Championship game. So I'm putting this on Mahomes. He's supposed to be the best player and best quarterback on the planet right now, and he did not look like that in the second half. Well, first and foremost, kudos to Joe Burrow. Kudos to Jamar Chase. T. Higgins had a hell of a game. Six for 103. But Mahomes threw the killer pick in overtime. The decision to pass the ball to Tyreek Hill and have him run parallel 
to the goal line and try and get in when you had a short chip shot of a field goal. That's baffling to me. And not only that, but they they threw it, I think, on all three downs. Yeah. They threw it. They, they They never gave it to McKinnon, who was having a really good game. It was just... It's just odd. It was almost too, it was almost cocky, right? And if you're Tariq Hill, you've got to understand the amount of time that's left in the quarter. Get down, call timeout, get out of bounds. At some point, you have to realize I'm not going to get by these four guys that are in front of me. <laughs> right. And it's a combination of things. Like ultimately, it was the wrong play call. It was the bad execution of the play. And ultimately, you know, it let Cincinnati hang around. And Kansas City has a bad habit in the playoffs of letting teams hang around. Yep. Now, in the past, just thinking about the Super Bowl against the, the Niners, they were able to flip a, uh, flip a switch and just go lights out. That didn't happen this time. There was no switch to flip. And then the key pick by Mahomes in overtime. No real running game to speak of. 12 carries for 65 yards. I think they could have done better with Jarek McKinnon. Kelsey. Kelsey does what Kelsey does. If you're dropping eight guys back, Travis Kelsey's your target. He's going to be your man. Drop it off underneath all day. That's it. And teams have been willing to give that to the Chiefs all year. And they've been patient and made it work. But But they got impatient at the worst possible time. And as I texted you during the game, this felt like an old Andy Reid Eagles loss. Like this felt like things went back to normal. Sure. But also one team made adjustments at halftime and the other team didn't. You know, uh, you, you came out and... They're dropping eight into coverage. Start running the football. Mm-hmm. Give it to Travis Kelsey. Don't force it. Don't try to force it. Take what they're giving you. That's always been the mantra against, like you know, when you're when they're when they're dropping into coverage or doing cover two, you got to take what they're giving you. And very disappointing, especially for a guy that's supposed to be carrying the league for the next couple of years. But moving into the NFC, Stafford and the Rams finally beat the 49ers 20-17 after losing the previous six times. (laughs) Stafford tried to give the game to the 49ers with a poorly thrown pass in the fourth quarter, but Jaquiski Tarft could not hold on to it. On the flip side, Jimmy G managed to throw away his team's chances of a comeback by tossing an interception to the Rams while under duress in the final seconds of the game. Uh, John Lynch shook all of the 49ers' hands after the game, but he gave Jimmy G a long hug. I think this was Jimmy G's last interception as a 49er, as they're going to seek a trade for him in the offseason. Where's Jimmy going to play next year? It's a great question, because he's already kind of... He's already trying to lay the groundwork. Like He wants to go to a winner. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuilding franchise, and he, you know... He's trying to call his shot. The problem is, we all watched that game. We've watched Jimmy G for a while now. He's injury prone. 
he's prone to giving the game away when it's the biggest moment. It's a problem. Is a team like Cleveland gonna pony up for Jimmy G? Possibly. I don't necessarily think that, you know, he's that much of an upgrade over Baker Mayfield. He's taller. We'll give him that. He's uh, Italian. Right. He's Italian. He's a paisan. Hey. Does he end up in Pittsburgh? Is he a stopgap until they figure out who replaces Ben? Does he end up in Tampa Bay replacing Tom Brady as a stopgap? All these things are possible, but he's not going to a ready-made situation. He's definitely not. And, you know, Stafford, Stafford tried. He tried to, he tried to let that old lion out. He did, but they wouldn't let him. Like the defense would not let him said, not today, devil, not today. And ultimately, Jimmy G is the one who made the worst and most egregious mistake. But, I don't know, the Rams... The Rams had this pretty much taken care of offensively. Defensively, even though the Niners had a lead, it's it never felt like it was sewn up. Because in the back of your mind, you knew that Jimmy was the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like to think that Jimmy G would be an upgrade in some, in some places. Um, you bring up Tampa. I think, you know, people would disagree, but I think he is a possible target. Uh, if Tampa Bay plans on re-signing Godwin, they still have Mike Evans. For if they re-sign Fournette, uh, yeah, why not bring in Jimmy G? I mean, that division is weak, man. I mean, Saints, the Panthers, Atlanta. You just need a competent quarterback, and Jimmy G wins. You could, you know, you could say he gets hurt and he's and he throws interceptions, but he wins. He did go into Green Bay and he did beat Aaron Rodgers. He was probably what nine minutes away from beating the Rams in San Francisco in, in L.A. and that would have been the seventh win in a row. So he's capable of winning games. I, I I wouldn't put too much down on him. But to just talk about Kyle Shanahan, 39 and 42, record as a head coach. He uh, was on the receiving end of a blown 28 to three Super Bowl lead as the offensive coordinator for Atlanta, and I believe. His 17-7, 10-point lead in the NFC title game was the biggest, uh, was the most points ever overcome in that kind of scenario. So clearly, he has a problem keeping leads in the playoffs. And I wouldn't put so much of this on Jimmy G. Jimmy G was running for his life. But at one point in the game, it was 4th and 2. Rams ran out of timeouts. They tried to challenge the play. Kyle Shanahan had a chance to go for it, and he elected to punt and put his defense in control. Stafford threw him a gift, and they dropped it. Later would lead to a score. So 
you know, and at the end of the game, you have Von Miller and Aaron Donald pinning their heads back, ears back and running after you. He's got a bad thumb. I mean, listen, I don't put all that on Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G's a good player, and I think uh, whatever whatever team picks him up next year, they're going to be able to compete. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, it depends on the situation that he's in. He can't call his own shot. So, you know, does he, if he ends up with Tennessee, is that an upgrade over Ryan Tannehill? I don't necessarily agree that it would be. So That's fair. Yeah, I mean, he's in that group of guys. You know, he's better than Baker Mayfield, but he's still in that soup of mediocrity. Hey, if he, Russ leaves, could he go to Seattle? That would be very interesting if they would make a, a trade within the division. That would be very interesting. I, I don't know if they would do it because of the fact that it's in, in interdivision. Now, uh, intradivision, excuse me. Now, we know that Denver is looking for a quarterback because Denver's always looking for a quarterback. They're loading up. They're loading up for Aaron. They've already hired his offensive coordinator, his tight end coach. They went and got Gary Kubiak to be the quarterback coach. They're loading up for Aaron Rodgers. So does he How end about, up in Green Bay? Yeah, could. How about Josh McDaniels going to get him to be the, to play quarterback for the Raiders? Mm. To go back to the Flores thing with Josh McDaniels, do you think, you know, if Brian Flores, if they, if they were on par, I don't necessarily know if uh, he would have got the second and Josh McDaniels did, but um, yeah, I mean, I could see that, but then Derek Carr, uh, maybe you flip Derek Carr to the Niners? I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you do a, an even swap with that, but, because then you start to have some moving parts around, and I don't know, maybe Daniel Jones ends up with the Niners? Because I would I, love Derek Carr on the Giants. Well, I, yeah, I know, I know the Giants are interested in Jimmy G. You know, Jimmy but... G, yeah, Jimmy G maybe, you know, but behind that offensive line, like they really need to fix that offensive line. The, the, the Titans, to me, the Titans, I think would give you the, the best option because their offensive line is better than the other the other teams out there. So if oh, they fe- the if they feel Carolina. like they want to move on, yeah, Carolina. Carolina, Carolina needs a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be places for him to play, and he's proven that wherever he goes, he wins. I mean, he went to the Super Bowl. He doesn't lose a lot. I mean, he gets hurt. He makes stupid mistakes, but he's a winner. Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for 7 to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs. Consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week. Get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation. The techs at Marquez Studio have over 30 years of haircutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions. Call to schedule a consultation today, 646 221 
8728. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646 221 8728. Anyway, the, the NFL got what they wanted. Not only is the Super Bowl in L.A., but the Rams are in the Super Bowl. And they'll be taking on the Bengals in a somewhat intriguing matchup. We can't wait till next week. We can wait till next week to make our picks. But what do you think of the Super Bowl 55 matchup? I mean, it's an interesting matchup from the standpoint that nobody expected the Bengals to go from last place to AFC champion. Bengals were 60 to 1. 60 to 1 to go to the Super Bowl. That, yeah. If if you bet that, you have a potential you have the potential to be a very rich man. So good for you. I I mean I don't know many die-hard Bengals fans, but <laughs> I, I don't even—I don't know if they were that optimistic going into this year. I think they just wanted to keep Joe Burrow alive. Like, if Joe Burrow did not have his other leg wrecked, it would have been considered—it definitely would have been considered a success. You know, I was critical of the Bengals for not taking Panay Sewell or Rashawn you Slater. You were crushed them. Yeah. And Own up to it. <laughs> I don't. I am. They haven't won anything yet. So, they still haven't won anything yet. And those guys, Chase is looking like a stud. Absolutely. But I also saw Joe Burrow get sacked nine times. Only three, only once against the Chiefs? Or three times against the Chiefs? Yeah, yeah but they don't have the pass rush that, they don't have Aaron Donald. Oh, no. No, they don't have Aaron Donald. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, it's intriguing from the standpoint of, like, is Matthew, who's going to make the big mistake? <laughs> Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow? I have more confidence in Joe Burrow than I do in Matthew Stafford. Whose defense is going to show up better? I mean, obviously, the Rams have the more star-studded defense, but, the, you know, the Bengals haven't been playing terrible. Um, is is Uzama going to be healthy? That is going to be that's going to be a kicker. Actually, it's both tight ends because Higby got hurt. Like, which tight end is actually going to be able to play? That's gonna that may be a difference maker because receiver wise they match up very well. This is actually it's got the potential to be a really good game. It could also be a laugher. Um, my thoughts of the matchup is meh. <laughs> the, the Bengals, the Super Bowl. I think the Rams Chiefs would have been more appealing, or even the Bengals 49ers. See, I don't know um, about that. I know the Rams Chiefs, the last time we saw that was that Mexico City game when they scored like 108 <laughs> points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I know I'm a Brady fan, but Brady versus the Bengals would have been would have been fun. It would have been somewhat appealing, like maybe a bit changing of the guard, possibly Brady's last Super Bowl. Like that would have been in line. I mean, the storylines will be: Does Stafford finally get a ring? His wife overcame cancer for this moment. 
he's such a great quarterback. I'm happy to see him finally win, right? That's the storyline. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, the Bengals, who were 4-12 and last year, could be making the biggest leap in Super Bowl history, from 4-12 and to Super Bowl champion or to win a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow could become the only third quarterback to win a national title and a Super Bowl. How about Joe Burrow having probably the best two or three years of his life? Goes from winning a national championship to tearing his ACL to being in the Super Bowl. My man's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I think the only thing I like, I know I said it's meh, but I would say it's different. It's intriguing. It's not something anybody expected. We're not seeing the usual names, the Brady's, the Mannings, the Roethlisberger. We're not seeing the usual teams, the Chiefs, the Patriots, um, the Steelers. So we're get or the 49ers. We're seeing something we probably will never see again. I think it's fair to say that uh, the Bengals will probably have a tougher time getting back here. And let's be real, the Rams were built to do this. They were built to win this year. It's just crazy that Les Steed and McVay pulled it off. Well, they haven't won anything yet, but at the same time, like, they got there. They got there. They put their team in position to win the Super Bowl. I would argue that the Bengals have the better chance to make it back because they have a good group of young talent together, and they're all under rookie contracts. The salary cap situation with the Rams is fucked. The draft capital situation is fucked. Like, if they do not win this year, you have to burn it down. Burn it down. Burn it down. Cooper Cup, gone. Bobby Trees, gone. Matthew Stafford, gone. Odell Beckham, gone. Jalen Ramsey, gone. Sean McVay, probably gone. Les Snead, gone. Like, you need to clean house. Like, this is... This is not good. You, you set back for the, the short-term success. You set your franchise back possibly 10 years. That's but not I, good. But I think Kroenke looks at it as... Like, he's, he's making money hand over fist this year. The Super Bowl's in L.A., his team's in the Super Bowl. The tickets for the Super Bowl are ridiculous. Uh, the uh, the it's going to be star-studded. Like all the stars are going to go. Uh, he's making bank, man. Uh, I don't know. I think for him, it's a win-win here. And yeah, he wants to get back, but this was it. This was the opportunity to do this. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. Well, we know one guy that's not going to get it back. (laughs) That would be one Mr. Tom Brady. Tom Brady... In kind of a scandal-filled weekend, ultimately announced his retirement after Adam Schefter reported it on Saturday. And then he stuck by it. Kudos to Adam Schefter. Kudos to Jeff Darlington. They stuck by their reporting. Kudos to us for retweeting that report. But Brady was backing. Brady backed off. 
until Monday when he officially announced his retirement after 22 seasons in the NFL. So, did this go the way he wanted it to go? And ultimately, how are you going to remember Tom Brady? I just want everyone out there to know that I am doing okay. I got a whole bunch of text messages on Monday. Like, I was his agent. Like, you know, oh, man, I just heard the news. Are you okay? Man, what a great career. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. He's like, guys, I'm doing great. I'm okay. Life goes on. There will be another guy. No, there will never be another guy. But, no. Well, we're uh, checking in because we love you, brother. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, my phone was blowing up like crazy. Um, I mean, 22 years. Uh, more than half my life, this man has been playing quarterback for, you know, the National Football League. And, I, you know, I texted, we, we were talking about it. I talked to you more than I talked to anybody else about it. But, I mean, I remember I was like, we were in high school. I was a senior in high school when this guy won his first championship. And I went out and bought his jersey with my own money. And I still have it, the white one. And, oh. I, rem- and I remember they had a flea market on Eastchester Road. And they had his rookie card, and I went and I bought it. No one ever thought, like, this was going to happen, that this guy was going to play for 22 years, hold all the records you could possibly hold for a quarterback. Um, what, a, uh, what a ride. Uh, the, the thing about it, I thought it, was, I thought it was handled very sloppy. For a guy who's very buttoned up, I was surprised it was leaked out on Friday and then finally released on Monday. It just seemed not his style. And part of me was wondering if it had to do with, you know, I think they're still waiting to release the, the, the last part of his Man in the Arena show. And I wonder if they're, you know, that show is going to, you know, discuss the final decision and things like that. But, you know, we talked about it last week, kind of saw this coming uh, just because of his body language and some of, the, kind of some of the things he was saying. But ultimately, he feels like it's time to turn it over to the up-and-coming stars and leave the game um i'm going to miss watching him play he's he always came through i remember watching his games and i never i never i never got too hot i never got too cold i was very collective because i knew if he got the ball in the end his team had a chance to win and you just you don't have that with anybody these days you know aaron Rodgers doesn't give you that feeling peyton manning's gone uh, Jimmy G certainly doesn't do it. Stafford doesn't do it. So, you know, he's the youngest quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. And he's the oldest quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. Everyone always says that father time is undefeated. But in this case, I disagree. Tom Brady led the league in passing yards, passing touchdowns at 45 years old. Tom Brady beat father time. He gave father time its first loss. That's all I got to say about that. Well, Tom Brady has earned his status as one of the greatest of all time. Some will argue that, you know, he is not the greatest of all time because of, you know, the the time in which he played, the rules under which he played. If they were allowed to manhandle him like other quarterbacks have been manhandled, would he have been as successful? You know, that's the debate that's always the debate when you're talking about generations. Eras. Yeah, yeah. Eras. that's it. Generational eras. That's you're always going to have that debate, and you really can't, you know, you really can't answer that. But I can only go by what I've seen, and 
Tom Brady was a fantastic quarterback. He he redefined what it was to be a leader and to be a quarterback and to just destroy people. Tom Brady was able to take this motivation. I mean, and I've watched Man in the Arena. I've watched the entire thing. I'm waiting with bated breath for the 10th episode. But it really delves into the psyche of Tom Brady and how how big the chip on the shoulder really was. And it goes to show you about, you know, motivation, determination, and work ethic. If you're willing to put all three of those together, you could become a legend. Now, he also benefited from great coaching. He benefited from great teammates. He benefited from, like I said, offensive rules being put in place that really benefited the quarterback and benefited offenses. So he will definitely rank very highly and you know, he's in that upper echelon cuz now you're talking about like generational talents of sport. You're talking about great winners. You're talking You're talking about the Wayne Gretzkys. You're talking about Jordan, the Michael Montana, Jordan. Bruce. Yeah. Well, he's lapped Montana. Like yeah. he knocked Montana out of that that perch. You know? There's only if there's only one guy for football available there, it's Brady now. It's not yeah. Montana anymore. Yeah. But where do the Bucks go from here? What we were talking about this before. Do they you think they fully tear it down or do you think they try and like make another run without Brady? Yeah, I mean what it sounds like they're saying is they're going to be uh, rearming the team they're going to go for it again, which I think is silly. I think they should tear it down, especially when everybody else in the division sucks. You know, this you, you want a level playing field. If they suck, you suck. It's fine. You should you, you can work to overcome that. If you decide not to tear it down and try to go back with what you have, like you're not gonna be better than you were this year. You're not gonna be better than you were two years ago. So what's the plan? And that's what I don't really understand. And Bruce Arians is just kind of one of those guys that doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And I get that. But, I mean, you're not a quarterback away. You you had the best quarterback of all time and you lost. (laughs) You had the best quarterback of all time two years ago, uh, last year. And you had to play on the road every game. And finally, it kind of clicked in the playoffs and you won the Super Bowl. But you're not going to get that again. So I think I think the team is more flawed than anybody really cares to realize. And if and if they had a chance to win, I gotta believe that Tom would have came back. But I think he looked around and said, you know what, these guys are satisfied. I can't play with this. You know, he was always playing with guys that weren't really that good. Let's be real. I mean, the times he won, he never he didn't have the best players. He didn't win with Randy Moss. He didn't he didn't win with Wes Walker. He won with you know um, who is it LaFell. And he won mm-hmm. with David Givens and Troy Brown. With Troy Brown, like these are the guys he won with. Yeah, he, he got. I think he got two or three with Gronk, but early on he didn't have a lot of talent. So, and these guys, I think they're just satisfied, and that's not the way he rolls. No, it's definitely not the way he rolls. But 
you know, but like you were saying, Bruce Arians doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, and that definitely looks like that's the way it's going to go. So, you know, Bruce Arians has had uh, a couple of health scares in his life. So, is the uh, time for Bruce to pull an Urban Meyer and just kind of like, oh, my health is declining. I gotta got retire. I, got I, yeah. I can't handle this shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Byron, Todd, flip a coin. <laughs> I don't care. I'm out of here. But I, um, I, my, I just, I, my heart can't take it. Moving on to basketball, the Western and Eastern NBA All-Star starters have been chosen. What do you think of the All-Star selections? And would, who would you take with your first pick? Well, which one of these doesn't belong here? This person is averaging 18.1 points a game, two assists, and four rebounds. A good 10, almost 10 points off the average of most of the other guys. That is one Andrew Wiggins. I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins is a bad player. I'm not saying he's having a bad year because clearly he's having a pretty decent year. Is that all-star starter caliber? When you look at guys like John Moran, 25.8. Trey Young, 27.7. Joel Embiid, 28.9. Durant, almost 30 points. LeBron, almost 30 points. DeMar DeRozan, 26.4. It just doesn't cut it. Like, that one's surprising to me. Now, Now, whether or not this is true, I don't know. But apparently... One of the Warriors team ambassadors is like this super like K-pop star. And he was trying to stuff the ballot box with uh, Andrew Wiggins votes. So basically like all of South Korea voted for Andrew Wiggins. So here I thought it was you. Ah, you know, like between Canada and South Korea, I think he had a pretty good, he cornered the market on those two countries. But as far as like, if I'm, if I'm taking, if I have to draft my first, and it's the All-Star game, so it's a show, you know? Who's going to put on a show? Steph Curry. Steph Curry will shoot from the other side of the goddamn, he'll shoot from the, he'll shoot from the other three-point line. Like, that's what Steph Curry, I mean, Steph Curry gets it. It's a show. The All-Star Game is for entertainment purposes, and he's going to do it. Uh, other than that, like, John Morant would be, like, that would be a great pick, too, because the kid is so electric, and he definitely will, like, bring a lot of spark and energy, but those are the two guys that I would take. Yeah, I mean, I was fine with, I was fine with the Wiggins pick. I actually felt good for him. I was happy for him. You know, people forget he was the first-round pick at Cleveland and got traded. People forget his history. He kind of bounced around a little bit with the T-Wolves. And, you know, now he's, you know, he's, he's a valuable member to the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think some people could argue Doncic over Morant numbers-wise. Kind of surprised that Doncic isn't the starter, right? Yeah. And, and Gobert. Gobert, 16 points, 15 rebounds, man. I mean... It's, there's a lot of talent in the NBA. Um, but for me, for me, if I'm taking, if I got the first pick, whether I'm LeBron or I'm KD, I'm taking John Moran. Like, that's my guy, right? And then at two, I'm going to take either Giannis or Embiid. 
whichever one is still there. And then at three, I'm taking Joke, the Joker. Those are my top three guys. And then from there, I'll be able to take either Trey Young or DeMar DeRozan to round out my team. That's just me. And then on the bench, when it comes to reserves, I'm trying to get Dantich. I'm trying to get Booker. I'm trying to get CP3. I'm trying to get Butler. I'm trying to get Harden. Probably say in that order, actually, too, because I want Dantich because he's a playmaker. Booker, it's crazy how the Phoenix Suns that have the best record in the league, they don't have a starter. They don't have a starter in, 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 the, in, the, uh, in the game. Um, and then I, uh, Booker, uh, Paul, because he's a point guard, and he's a veteran point guard. He's having a great year. Jimmy Butler is just a, an animal. And then James Harden is, you know, you know what you're going to get with James Harden. I mean, they're all good choices, but uh, if you're LeBron, are you going to, like, fuel those Cleveland uh, – you're going to fuel those Cleveland rumors and take Garland on your team? He, he should. He should. Because, like you said, it's an exhibition. It's for fun. And, yeah, have fun with it. I mean, they're trying – I do appreciate that they're trying different things. They're trying to make it more competitive. But – and, and people say this, that they, they don't want the All-Star game to mean anything. They want it to be an exhibition. I, I, I totally disagree. I loved it when the Major League Baseball All-Star game, when it mattered, when we're playing for home field advantage. I loved that. I loved it. And for the NBA, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you get people involved. But, you know, I try to tune in. But, oh, my gosh, it's just nobody plays any defense. Nobody cares. And I get it. You know, it's... Uh, but this makes it interesting. At least guys get to play with who they want to play with. You're seeing some mixing going on. It, it is it is somewhat appealing. It, it's somewhat entertaining. Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling, maintenance, and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Well, you know what else has been entertaining? The Ben Simmons side. Ah! You know, we've been trying for a very long time to figure out where the hell this guy's going to go. And Sacramento appeared to be, appeared to be the place that he would end up with De'Aaron Fox and other pieces going in the other direction. But recent reports indicate that the Kings have pulled out. So why, why couldn't they get this deal done? And does it end up getting done in the long run? Oh, man. Ben Simmons is basically paid $19 million to not play for Doc Rivers. Like, that's just hmm. absurd. That's just absurd. I don't know why. they. From what I understand, that the, what Daryl Morey is asking for is like a king's ransom. And granted, the kings are involved, so it makes sense, right? <laughs> uh but even for them, they're like, dude, what are you, what are you smoking? Like, what are you, like, we can't, we can't. Uh, the 76ers have eight days to trade this man. And it seems like it's not going to happen. I think, I think this backfires for the 76ers. Like, Joel Embiid is 
beyond good. He's great. And I think people forget how much he hits the floor, how injury-prone he was at the beginning of his career. Like, you got to take advantage of the years he's here and take whatever you can for Ben Simmons now. Maury wants to pair Harden with Embiid next year, but there's no guarantee that's going to actually happen. If I'm Maury, just give me Buddy Heald, Darren Fox, Christian Thompson, and a a draft pick. And I will give you Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and a pick, and let's move on. I don't think that's I don't think that's absurd. I don't think that's a large ask. I think that's fair. I'm sure Daryl Morey wants more draft picks, but dude, let's just get this done with. Yeah, I mean, beggars can't be choosers. You're running out of you're running out of time. You're not doing you're not working the more complicated three and four. So it's gonna have to be something. Now, I don't know what the fascination is with the Sacramento Kings, to be honest with you. The Sacramento Kings, you know, they're always that team who, like, you think is going to be better than they are. But, like, oh, they fi- like, they're finally going to do it. They're finally going to, they're finally going to, they never do. Even when they were good, they never got to the next level. So... I think if you're the GM of the Kings that you admit that this roster is flawed and you do blow it up. Because you have pieces on this team. You have De'Aaron Fox. You have Harrison Barnes. You have Buddy Heal. You have guys that you could flip to other teams and you can either get draft capital or you can get expiring contracts and you can start to build a real solid core foundation for this team. Like, I don't know if Ben Simmons is a core foundational guy. The dude can't shoot. He just can't. He can't shoot. Like you need him. To, you uh, you need to have a complete player. And I don't know if that's the case. And I was looking at the NBA trade machine, and you know, trying to solve. You know, I'm a solutions-oriented guy. I'm trying to solve two headaches. And I was looking for a way to get Westbrook to the 76ers and Simmons to the Lakers. And they're about $11 million apart. So you'd have to send more to the Lakers in order to, you know, offset the salary of Russell Westbrook. But yeah, it, it, bottom line is this, is that Daryl Morey needs to put his GM hat on and get kind of creative because what he wants... Like, isn't it going to happen yet? Because Brooklyn's not trading James Harden. Sorry, they're not going to trade him just because you want him to. You know, that's not how life works. If that was the case, I'd, ha- I'd be a multimillionaire. But Ben Simmons, I think he would thrive in a smaller market, but I, I don't necessarily think that Sacramento's the right fit. I think that they're, a- they're too far away. And I think that, you know, Simmons definitely, he needs better players around him to kind of hide his deficiencies. And he'll stick out like a sore thumb in Sacramento. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in crowd? 
you know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on faderoutepodcast on IG or hit that Twitter, faderoutednz. on the in route today we have the jamaican lion from digital radio 101.1 the fam what's up jamaican lion how you doing today what's going on people what's going on feel good feel good what's going on brother all right we're gonna start you off with this uh former coach of the miami dolphins brian flores is filing a lawsuit against three teams in the nfl citing racism in the hiring process a handful of minority coaches when the season started that recently lost a job and he's not been able mm-hmm. to attain a new head coaching position. What are your thoughts on the lawsuit and the fact that there's only currently one African American head coach in the national football league? All right. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to have to say it's cap right now. Um, Flores. I don't, I don't think he has a valid point just for the simple fact. Like when I was growing up, you know, I mean, there was Tony Dungy of the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, he did his thing as an African-American coach. And then, of course, we have Mike Mike Tomlin from the Pittsburgh Steelers who's doing his thing. And I just feel like, I don't know, it's like, if you're not producing, I guess you gotta, I guess you gotta get out of there. But, you know, with everything going on, you know, people wanna pull a race car. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I just don't see where he has enough ground to kind of file that claim because there's been black coaches in that position before. But then again, I could be wrong, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be hard for him to prove this, you know, especially the fact that, like you said, there have been coaches in the past. And at the end of the day, teams are really just allowed to hire whoever they want to hire. And, you know, it, it is odd that there's not a larger number of minority coaches but to say that it's it is discrimination at play it's gonna be hard for him to prove those facts yeah i agree Uh, all right bucks quarterback tom brady announces retirement on monday after 22 years in the league you're a giants fan and you gave (laughs) tom brady his only two super bowl losses how you remember tom and what do you think and do you think there'll ever be another tom brady uh, first of all, I won't remember Tom. Second of all, uh, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead uh, edit it. Show the hell with Tom Brady. Uh, it's all about the great Eli Manning. That's right, the legend killer himself. Two rings, both beating Brady in the big dance. But um, no, on a serious note, Tom Brady is a exceptional quarterback. You cannot deny what he's done. And, I mean, he's just going to be an inspiration for people that come out the draft real low to be like, hey, I could be drafted 225th, but I'm going to make I'm gonna make a statement. And that's what Tom Brady did. And, I mean, I'm not going to give him the GOAT. I'm still a New York Giants fan. <laughs> the GOAT will always be Eli Manning to me. But um, he's done a terrific thing for the sport. I mean, what what is it? Eight rings? Seven rings? You- Seven rings. Seven, Seven rings. rings. And if it wasn't Seven. for Eli, he'd have nine. <laughs> oh, man. You're, not, you're not coming through giant country with all that. No, no sir. <laughs> 
Now, uh, we've heard you on 101.1 The Fam Digital Radio the last two weeks praising the NFL playoff games. Each game yeah. on Sunday pulled in over 50 million viewers. What, ha- what has made their games so attractive and so compelling this year? The, the, the past weekend playoffs have been like playing Madden. I'm talking about like that 0201 Madden back in the day when... You and your your friends would come over and you hook up the controller and it was just mayhem, snacks in the room, like everything that could happen in a football game happened. You had interceptions, you had sacks, you had trick plays, you had juke moves in open field, then you had like, you know, fourth quarter comebacks and going into overtime and winning the field goal with no time left. Like that's everything that we played as kids on a video game that you didn't expect to see in real life. It's like they just brought it all back. I mean, it was fun. It's, it's just like, basically, if you played high school or college football and coach says, hey, leave it all on the field, this might be the last chance you get. That's exactly how it felt uh, those past uh, playoffs games. So I was just excited. I done bought so much wings. <laughs> I might have to order a salad for the Super Bowl because I cannot eat no more. <laughs> <laughs> well... The time for talking is almost done. The stage for the Super Bowl is set. The Cincinnati mm. Bengals will be taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Even though the game's a week away, you lean in Bengals or you lean in Rams? Oh, underdog, baby. I'm going Bengals. The Rams is a... Uh, they did one of them LeBron moves. They done built a super team over there. And plus, they got Odell Beckham. And we don't like him in New York. <laughs> so, he can't get a ring before Saquon and the boys, so it's I'm Cincinnati all the way. Go Bengals. There we go. I mean, it's two of our exes because then you got Eli Apple on the other side for the Bengals, so it's like a weird, it's like a weird vibe going on. Like, who who are you uh, against more? Yeah, I'm not really worried about Eli Apple. Go ahead, give him a ring. He's a little bit. <laughs> now, your show, The Dinner Play, comes on Mondays from 7 to 9 on ourdigitalradio.com. Yes. This year, the Super Bowl halftime show is going to feature Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, Dre, and Snoop Dogg. Now, I can't recall a Super Bowl in recent memory with so many talented hip-hop artists. This is a stacked lineup. And what can football fans expect to see, and what songs do you want to hear from each of these artists? All right, well, I'm going to start it off with Mary J., I want to hear uh, Ain't No Hateration. Um, that's my jam. Because uh, there's going to be a lot of people hating that I picked the Bengals. Uh, Snoop Dogg, I wanted to come with that 6'4 on stage. Uh, show him that we still gangsta out here. Kendrick Lamar, I definitely want to hear um, one of his uh, joints from uh, off his album, Pimped by a Butterfly. I don't know which one it is, but whatever song it is, it's going to be hot. Um and who else we got? You said Dre. Oh, you know, you know, DRE, he gonna do his thing. And I M&M. hope you do. And oh, whoo, I gotta hear Renegade or the uh, Knees Weak, Arms as Heavy as Velvet on the Sweater oh, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles to get that. Joint, I I'll just be like, I collapse. It, there you go. That th- that right there. I just wanna be in my living room, put my hands up like to the That's it, it's gonna be an exceptional show. I'm glad to see like. 
all these artists coming on one stage. I know Janet Jackson had a little mishap, you know. We forgave <laughs> Justin. We all good back now. So, yeah, let's go ahead and liven up the Super Bowl because the last couple ones, I mean, I like rock music, but I don't want to hear um, you two at a Super Bowl game, like, living weekend, on a prayer. You had yeah. Bruno Mars, you know. The weekend was lost. I don't know yeah. what he was doing. <laughs> Made my eyes hurt watching his uh, halftime show. Some people had seizures. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What did you do in this football? I don't know. Yeah, you got a lot of like, but, but you said, like you said, the line of demarcation was Janet Jackson. The, one, once her tit came out, it was just like, like no, we gotta, I, we gotta compensate. We gotta put old white guys on the stage. I thought that heightened the Super Bowl. I thought that <laughs> sent the views through the roof. I don't even think nobody remembers who won that game. All we remember is Janet's boob was perfect. <laughs> Do you think 50 Cent makes an appearance this year, or do you think that's all just talk? If 50 Cent makes an appearance, man, they done pulled the one, they done pulled the wool over everybody's eyes. I mean, it would be awesome to see, but that might be pushing the envelope because 50 has no filter. So if he come out there, he not, he don't care about Roger Goodell. He gonna do what he do. He from Queens, and I ain't trying to get shut down again. We just came back, so. We'll see what happens. I'm uh, excited either way. Uh, totally. It's, I mean, it's appropriate that the Rams are in the Super Bowl because this is like the Rams of lineup. That's a lot of touches. You it's a lot of talent for 25 minutes. So they got to maximize their touches. But we'll get you out of here on this. We understand recently you showed up dressed as a character from Coco Melon on, at your niece's birthday party. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, yes. The Coco Melon. <laughs> yeah, the Coco Melon. So what's the going rate for character appearances from Jamaican Lion? And my nephew actually has a birthday in a couple of weeks. Are are you taking requests? Oh yeah, five bands. Just cash out. <laughs> no, let me stop. Let me stop. Cash, homie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put the money in a candy Ziploc bag. Leave it by the cake. But no, um, I actually did that. Um, I actually did that pro bono for free. You know, it's my niece. Um, I do do hosting. So um, I mean, usually. 75 to 125 but i have asked i have <laughs> been asked before to dress up as mickey mouse and goofy and because it's just my personality so I, I not only have i been coco melon but i've done a few others i try to holler at disney i'm trying to come work for y'all if you need mickey I'm and he out shows here. up in alexis he doesn't you know he doesn't he doesn't shy away from anything he shows up in the lexus right exactly <laughs> I'm going to have the Invicta watch on chain. They're going to be like, Mickey swagged out out here. <laughs> but yeah, just if you need me for your uh, nephew and niece's birthday party, book me, man. It's, it ain't nothing but a drive. <laughs> no, oh, totally, sir. Totally, totally. So well, we know about we know about the uh, digital radio. We know about the dinner plate. Tell us some more. Fill us in about the dinner plate and how we can get people to find you. Y'all can actually tune in every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. on OurDigitalRadio.com. We are also on Apple Music. Just type in 1011 The Fam. We pop up. If you have Alexa, you say, Alexa, play 101.1 The Fam. We're going to pop up. And um, I just want to share the good news with y'all. We have been nationally syndicated so we've been picked up by atlanta shout out to street madness radio in atlanta georgia we uh 
also been picked up by famous network uh new york city radio station uh we be airing on that uh show saturdays from 10 to 12 in new york city and then for Atlanta will be Saturday 9 to 11 p.m. So, uh, yeah, we have other affiliates out there, but the number one place you can find us, rdigitalradio.com, Alexa, Apple Music. You can find us anywhere. Sounds good, brother. DJ Jamaican Lion, thank yes, you for being the newest member of the In Crowd. And if you want to be a member of the In Crowd, hit us up at faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in those DMs at DNZ on Twitter or at Podcast on IG. And you, yes, you can be the next member of the In Crowd. Jamaican Lion, brother, thank you so much for coming on and continued Man. success. Hey, appreciate it. I thank y'all so much for having me on the fade route. I've already favored the station. I'm going to be tuning in every week. And if y'all listening, make sure y'all tune in to the fade route because Jamaica. And then, you know, I keeps it real. Shout out to Dinner Plate. I love y'all, man. Dope experience. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It is time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. You know how it goes. We put up the poll on our Twitter, at FadeRoutDNZ, and you vote. And you vote, and you vote, and you vote. Do you know who won the poll last week? Do you know who took home the ass, dudes? I don't. It is the BBWAA. All of them. Every single baseball sports writer in America that is eligible to vote for the Hall of Fame. You guys, all of you, were the alleged superstar of the week, and you all took home a little miniature ass. But... It's now time for us to unveil our nominees for this week's ass. Who you got, D? First up from my alleged superstar of the week is Patrick Mahomes. Played one half of football on Sunday, but there's two halves in a football game. First half, QBR 98, 292 yards, 21 points in four drives. QBR in the second half was... And second half in overtime was 1.4, where he had a total of 83 yards, three points on seven drives. Patrick Mahomes, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Second, Bill Belichick texting congratulations to the wrong Brian in your phone. Oh, this has led to the NFL and three NFL teams being sued by Brian Flores. Come on, Bill. It's the 21st century. Learn how to text. Did your rings get in the way? Bill Belichick, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Ben Simmons paying almost $19 million to not play basketball. Life is precious, Ben. And based on the way you've played the last couple of years, you need to get on the court because you don't have many seasons left. Ben Simmons, you are my alleged superstar of the week. What say you? Good choices. You definitely have some options there. 
I gotta say, for me, I gotta thank the NFL. The NFL as a whole. You guys are my alleged superstar of the week because you have created this monster of racism and nepotism and glass ceiling to where the to the point where you have a coach, an up and coming promising coach, throwing his career away just to expose you as the racist, corrupt pieces of crap that you are. So NFL, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Tom Brady. Dude, for somebody who is so good at crafting his image and so good at creating like the nuance of everything, you foobarred your retirement. <laughs> How did you foobar your own retirement, Tom? Tom Brady, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, returning to the podium, Rob Manfred and Tony Clark. It's because of you two dipshits that we will not have spring training on time. Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, you are my alleged superstar of the week. The arguments have been made. The nominees are in. And ladies and gentlemen, for our nominees, just do better. Just do better. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com Order up! It's an oldie good but a goodie, but it is back, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for us to order up. Order up, order up! And this week's order up, we are talking about our list. We're ordering up our list of the greatest quarterbacks of all time from five to one. Who you got, D? Man, this was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And I bet if you talk to me tomorrow or a week from now, my list might change a bit. Um, I was never a big fan of this guy, but at number five, I have John Elway. Five Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl victories, retired a champion. I got to put him at number five. Number four for me is Steve Young, most accurate quarterback in NFL history. That's my guy. Uh, I was reluctant to do this, but if I didn't put this on, the fans would kill me. Peyton Manning, I have at number three. Uh, went to three Super Bowls, two wins. 
probably one of the best quarterbacks of our era. And number two, my original guy, Joe Montana, 4-0 in Super Bowls. Hard to beat that. But there's only one person that can beat that, and everybody knows where I was going with this. But number one, in your hearts and in your minds, is Tom Brady. Nine Super Bowl appearances, seven Super Bowl wins. I can rattle off all of the records he holds, passing yards, passing touchdowns, postseason wins, wins as a quarterback. Oh, there's 14 of them. But at the end of the day, he's still the best to me. It's a solid list. It's a very, very solid list. Now, for me, like, criteria-wise, winning is important. Prolific passing is important. You had to have done something with your career to be legendary. So you'll, to me, like, the Brett Favre's of the world, not going to be on the list. Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) nope. Nope. Drew Brees? Nope. Phillip Rivers? Nope. For me, my number five is Dan Marino. Dan Marino, you're looking at, yes, quarterbacks and records and all that. 147-93. He went to a Super Bowl. Did not win the Super Bowl, but he went there. 420 career touchdowns. 61,000 yards. So, 61 thousand think about that granted only a 59 percent completion percentage but dan marino was an amazing quarterback a pure passer and one of the most dangerous and strongest arms in the nfl number four for me peyton manning 71,000, almost 72,000 yards. Amazing stat. That's mind-blowing, the amount of yardage. 539 touchdowns, 251 picks. 14-time Pro Bowler, 5-time MVP, 2-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, comeback player. The the accolades are... the, The list is long. But... Peyton Manning commanded orchestrated changes at the line like no one I've ever seen. Everybody is trying to catch up to where Peyton Manning was in terms of seeing the game at the line and diagnosing the game at the line. They'll get there eventually, but Peyton Manning was the guy that really revolutionized that. Number three, the only true dual threat on my list, John Elway. Only 300 career touchdowns. So that's kind of low, but he was mobile. 51,000 passing yards. Got to to two Super Bowl championships. Of course, he got to the one against the Giants, but uh, took care of that one. Nine-time Pro Bowler. MVP, Super Bowl MVP. The list of accolades is long. Thankfully, we're talking about him on the field and not him off the field because off the field, he is an atrocious executive. <laughs> Sorry, John. Thankfully, like you, thankfully you don't run your car dealerships like you run the Bronco. So, you know, peace and love, John. Peace and love. Number two... This was tough. 
do I go with do I go with the prolific winner or do I go with the nostalgia pick and I'm going with the nostalgia pick for number two Joe Montana only 117 and 47 he only played 192 games it's you know compared to some of these other guys he didn't play that much which is surprising 63.2 63.2 completion percentage, 40 almost 41,000 yards, only 273 touchdowns to 139 picks, but the dude was a winner. Jimmy G wishes he could be half as good as Joe Montana. You know what? They should just give him number eight because they'll be half as good as number 16. So we'll give him that. Eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, two-time MVP, three-time Super Bowl MVP, four-time Super Bowl champ, undefeated in Super Bowls. Joe Montana has the bona fides. But number one, I can't disagree with you just from the, the basis of not only the rings, seven-time Super Bowl champion, 15-time Pro Bowl, even though he never played in it, a three-time All-Pro, a three-time MVP, a five-time Super Bowl MVP, 85, almost 85,000 yards for 85,000 yards, 624 touchdowns, only 203 interceptions. So fantastic, fantastic numbers for one Mr. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, TB12 Congrats on the career and good luck in the future because you are the tippity top of our favorite quarterbacks. This has been the Fade Route with D&Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.